0: Welcome to Refresh, this is Pastor Kim Robinson. It's my desire that you listen, that you could experience blessed faith and creative life with this Kicks Ministries and Victory Harvest Church podcast. Father, I thank you again for this service and I just declare in Jesus' name, your word to go forth the way you designed it in the timing you have it. And I call forth the harvest in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Before I start, I wanted to, I'll share, you, share with you, the Lord's been putting something in my spirit to go back and look at. And I've been noticing as I've um, been stepping forth and doing the podcast and both podcasts and bringing it out, that there's been this thread through everything. And it's been the word of God. And it's been really exciting to see that happen. And the Lord reminded me about a word he gave us in, 2018 might have been it was in October 2018 anyway it was I might have repeated it then it was probably further back around 2016-17 at Think Space and I went back and I was praying over it and it really is a mandate that he's given us and I'm going to put it together so I'll probably put it together in written form and send it to you guys but I'll just touch on it right now and I won't go into it but um it goes back to a word he gave us about making our own movement. And um, he said this, and I'm, he's refreshing it in a little bit different way. But he's building it on the parable of the banquet in Matthew 22, 1 through 14. And I'll send that to you then. But he said, flood the world with my word. Through every avenue, through every byway, through every highway, overflow my word through media. And he began speaking to me the years back that the avenues, the byways and the highways for us is every area of media, we could do it. So he said, flood the world with my word through every avenue, through every byway, through every highway, overflow my word through media. Overflow generations with my word, my presence and my blessing. Overflow my word through every media outreach, reaching generations, raising faith-filled people through the word of God. I will open every door for you now in this season. I really believe that's where we are. Yeah. And as I've gotten more revelation that it is the Word of God that f- threads through everything that we preach, everything that we do, every movie we make, every everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, All right. So my podcast today has the title called Poets. That's a very creative idea. (laughs) Poets. How can we bring that word, poets, into preaching the word of God? Well, you'll be surprised. (laughs) So the title is Poets. I'm going to give you Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. So God created man as his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female, he created them and God blessed them. So we are created in the image of God and God's plan is to bless us. So I'm going to talk about image and I'm going to ask, what do you see and who do you see? You have to go with what God believes about you rather than anything else. Through the obedience of faith, you can see and experience miraculous results in your life. You can experience creative inspirations in your life, and you can experience wonderful, wonder-filled works of the goodness of God in your life. So you have to see and believe about yourself what God says about you rather than anything else. If you see the invisible first, you will do the impossible. If you'll see the invisible first, you'll do the impossible. If you can see what seems invisible in you, you will live the impossible. If you can see what seems invisible in you, you will live the impossible. Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus is, and it goes this way, who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature. He is the image of the invisible God. We are created in the image of God, and here in Colossians 1.15 it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is your hope. He is your life. He is your redemption. He is your invisible becoming visible. It's the blessing of the Lord in, for, and through you to others. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the hidden, richest treasure of your identity and blessing. Jesus is the hidden, richest treasure of your identity and blessing. And if you can see what seems invisible in you, you will live the impossible. In Matthew nineteen twenty six, Jesus beheld them. He is beholding you, just as he beheld them. And he said unto them, just as he is saying it to you with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. We can look back at a man named Abraham, right? (laughs) And he saw the impossible, but Abraham had to see a new image and God gave Abraham that new image. He said, I want you to come out of this land. I want you to leave this land, everything you've known, everything you've seen, everything you've lived. And I want to bring you out and I want to bless you. And so Abraham had to see the image of that blessing in his life. And so the Lord said, I'm going to make you a blessing. Not only did he have to see the image of the blessing in his life, the Lord said, I'm going to make you a blessing. And Abraham just had to see beyond himself, everything in the natural, his age, who he was, where he came from, you know, what was happening, every circumstance and The Lord took him and he said, I want you to look at the grains of sand. And greater than the grains of sand is your inheritance. It's the number of the heritage that I am bringing in your life. And when Abraham got sidetracked from the image the Lord had given him is when he messed up. When he began to see himself challenged, or Sarah saw themselves challenged, you know, Isaac and Ishmael, and Isaac was the promise. He, he was, he had to see the invisible. He had to see the beyond that to make the impossible possible. And he had to see that out of one, Isaac came the grains of sand. That image had to be greater than what his circumstances were dominating in his life. And when he got sidetracked from the image, when he got sidetracked from that, that's when he messed up. (laughs) So if you stay in the image of truth, you'll never fail. You have to stay in the image of God, stay in the image of who Christ is in you, the hope of glory, stay in that image of truth, and you'll never fail. The Lord wanted to bring the image of himself to the world because it had, you know, been challenged. So he chose a people he found a man who would embrace the image that God had said, that I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. And then through this man, out of the image of faith, Abraham, by faith, it was accounted unto him righteousness, and he was a friend of God. Through that faith, the image of faith, Abraham was able to be uh, raised up as a nation that would be the image And bring an image to people of the world, to all creation of the goodness of God and the blessing of God, the blessing of the word to you, because out of that nation came Jesus. And that was the plan because God said, don't build graven images. He wanted to set apart a people to bring an image of who he was. And remember, we read in Colossians 115 that Jesus is the image of the father. And so the graven images, he said, they're empty and you can't find anything in them. There's no life in them. And he's also saying he doesn't want you to create a graven image of yourself. Because if you don't see who he is, then what's going to happen is you're not going to see who you are. And he created man in his own image. And what happened in the garden Eve, the serpent came in and Eve was challenged with the image. She said, he said, you'll be like God, but she was already made in the image of God. Her image was being questioned, who she was. And then the challenge of who God was. Well, he just doesn't want you to know this or have this. The, you know, he's just, you know, God's just arrogant. He, he doesn't care about you. He just doesn't, you know, he wants you to see who he was or be like him. And Eve lost sight of the image of who God was. She was completely clothed in the glory of God, completely, you know, embraced in who he was and in his presence and in the image of God, in the spirit of God. And the enemy came in and distorted that image and man began to see another image and it began to fall apart. And he wants us to understand that Jesus is the image of that invisible God. He brought Jesus to bring the revelation of who he is, and he did it through faith, and he did it through his word, and he did it through uh, prophecy, and in revelation, Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy, is the fulfillment of the word, and I always say, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and Jesus himself manifests his word in your life. Colossians 1, 12 through 16 giving thanks unto the father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints in the light. That's part of the image. You have an inheritance of the light. God is light. He is the blessing who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Think of that image. Who, what has God done? Who is Jesus? He has delivered you from the power of darkness and he has translated that word translated means catapulted you have been blasted and catapulted into the kingdom of his dear son into the kingdom of god in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins verse 15 who is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth are, that are in earth visible and invisible Jesus is the one who created the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He came, Father, came on this earth in the form of Jesus, the Son. And by the power of the Spirit, he is making those things that are impossible for man possible. In you, through you, and for you. We are made new in him. His invisible has become visible in us for the glory of the Father. He is the image of the invisible God. So let's look at number one. That was my opener. <laughs> and the, number one is the image and the word. We are poets. What does that word mean? <laughs> let's go to James chapter one, verse 23 through 25. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. I'm going to look at the word here. We're talking about faith. We're talking about um, looking to the word of God, looking for wisdom. We're talking about finding who he is and who he has described himself to be from Genesis to Revelation, who he is by the spirit of truth, who he is by revelation to you of who he is personally. And his word brings definition. And here he's talking about faith and works and the doer and the word. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Now, how does my word poet, the title of this podcast, come together? The word doer is poetaste. It is the word poet. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a poet, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Poet, that is a maker, a producer. A doer, a performer. And the word I want you to grasp is expression. Expression. A performer of expression. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a poet, a performer of expression, he is like unto man beholding his natural face in a glass. A performer of expression. I want to focus on this word, poetaste. And it's found in another scripture that I want to bring out. The same Greek word is found in this scripture. Acts 17, 28. A performer of expression, a poet. For in him we live and move and have our being. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. And that means we are individuals who are of the same nature. In him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We are also of the same nature. taste expression of living and moving and having our being in him. If you're only a hearer of the word and not an expression of his word, you are the poetry of God. You are the written expression of his word. You are the beauty of God. You are living and moving and having your being in the nature, the same nature of God. If we look up the definition of poet, It says in the definition, in the dictionary, it's a person possessing special powers of imagination or expression. An example of that it gives is he is more poet than academic because of his gift of language. It's a person possessing special powers of imagination or expression. Amazing creativity, having and living and moving our being in, in God, our creator with the same nature of God, who we are, possessing special powers of imagination and expression. Having our own poets have said we are of this nature. So the doer of the word means bringing an expression of his grace, of his impossible, of his being of him and his word, being an expression of his blessing. He blesses us because the glory of God is the blessing of God so that the world would see and give glory to the Father, that he is a good God who loves us. You are living and moving and having your expression and your being completely encompassed in his word, in his power, in his ability, in his purpose, his very essence and nature, in his blessing. We are the poets, the expression of him as he was the expression of the Father. We are the poets, the expression of Jesus, as he was the expression of the Father. Again, Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring, his his very same natures, individuals of the same nature. My next point is we are the expressions of his grace. Those special powers of imagination or expression is His grace, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The expression of His grace. Colossians 1, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of His word, the glory of His blessing, it's all yours. He is in you. You have the image of the son. Begin to see yourself as you are in him and he in you. Because that's the riches of the glory of the mystery. Because it, what's the mystery? He's made it known. He's made it known to whom God would make known. He's made it known the riches of glory, of, the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, meaning that he brought... Uh, an image of himself through a people of who he was, set apart in the world that had gone awry, who had lost the image of God and lost the image of who they were, creator and created in his image. And through faith, Abraham was became a friend of God. And he's made known now the riches of his glory to those outside of that, to the whole entire world. To the Jew and the Gentile, that all people, all race, no separation. God is not a prejudiced God. He just chose a door to reveal who he was so that that door would be open to all the world. To have the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ. In you, the hope of glory to the entire world, to every nation, every tribe, every culture. And the glory of his word, the glory of his blessing is ours. We can see ourselves in him and he in you. And we can see that we are unique and individual created in his image. Romans 8, 29 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to whom are called according to his purpose, his purpose is the riches of the glorious uh, glory and mystery of Christ in you, the blessing of God being your, yours forever and ever, and all things work together. This isn't about bad things in your life. This is about all the things of God. Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, the Word, the Father, the witness of God, the Word of God, all those things of God working together for your good, Because he loved you, you can love him. And you are called according to his purpose. Every person, every individual is called according to his purpose. In verse 29, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He predestined you. He saw you before time. Because you are that individual, that unique, and that created. And he designed and fashioned you in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he had a plan for you. And that plan was so important to him that he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son, that you would receive Jesus. The only stipulation is you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and receive that he has done this for you. And receive him. Because he predestined you to be conformed in the image of a son. That means he set it back to the beginning. Adam and Eve messed it up. They were designed and created in the image of God. And they took on another image. They were challenged by Satan in that image. And they became something else. And they partook of something. And God took them out of Eden because he didn't want them to live forever in that condition, separated from who he was, separated from his glory, separated from his blessing, separated from life. As they took on the law of sin and death, the knowledge of good and evil, the religious position and the religiosity of having to work and to strive And to go after it. And they had to go out of Eden. And what they began to do was toil and toil and toil. But in the image God predestined, in the image of the Son, he set it back into the motion. He put it back from where it was. And he came and he brought a new creation in Christ Jesus, the hope of glory, setting it all back that we can live in that Eden with him. Having that dominion, increasing and multiplying, And conformed in the image of the Son, the image and expression of His grace, His unmerited favor. First Corinthians one, three through six. Grace be unto you and peace from our God, from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given by, given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything, everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance, and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. You have the image of the testimony of Christ confirmed in you as you experience and embrace and ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, Messiah. This is the witness of his word in you. This is his doing in you, his testimony, which is your testimony. We overcome by the word of our testimony. It is the testimony of Christ confirmed in you. That's what your testimony is. It's the testimony of Christ confirmed in you. Everything the word of God says about you is who you are. You are who he says you are. You have what he says you have, and you could do what he says you could do. That's the testimony of Christ in you. And my third point in closing living and moving and having our being. We know the scripture, the just shall live by faith and in him we live. Faith in him, his faith working in you. We are the expressions of that faith, the faith of the son of God. We are the expressions of his word. We are the poets. We are the individuals possessing his nature, his power, his abilities, his person and his expression. And going back to to Acts 17, 28 and closing, for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring of his same nature. Well, let's look at the word live. In him we live. That word is zeo. It means to breathe, to not be dead, to not be lifeless, but to breathe and be among the living, to be among his life the living Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior. And in that word, in him, we live means live to enjoy real life, that abundant life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. To have true life worthy of the name. This is the Greek definition, zeo to be actively blessed and endless in the kingdom of God. We are actively blessed for in him we are actively blessed, have true life, enjoy real life, and breathe the life of God, the very breath of God that he breathed into man in creation. And it goes on to say, in the manner of the living and acting, in the Way of godly character, God's character, who he is. And it goes on to say, in him we live or have living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of water, having vital power in themselves, exerting the same upon the mind, the will, and the emotions. Living with full vigor to be fresh, to be strong, to be efficient, to be active, to be powerful to be effacious, to be alive and quick. In him we have zoe, or zeo, zoe life and zeo. And move, that word move is kaneo. It means to cause, to cause, to go and be set into motion. The motion which is evident in life, to be moved in motion, to be moved in place. And it also means to remove, So as we live and move, we are being removed from something and moving in motion that's evidence of life. And it means to move with excitement to the point of making. So in him we live and we move, we make this movement, but it also goes on to say it makes a riot and a disturbance to throw into a commotion. We have this movement. We are his movement, and we create his movement. In him we live. We're alive and quick and blessed and endless in the kingdom of God. And we have movement and move. Kineo, we are set into motion, removing something away from us and moving into the motion and experiencing the fullness of the motion of life. And the last one, in him we live and move, and have our being. The word have our being is esmen. It means we are plural with him. We have hope. That word esmen has the word hope in it. Christ in you, that hope. You are with him. And it goes on to say he was, is, and be in our being. He is our being. We have life and movement and plurality with him, of hope. And this word it says in the Greek definition is defined specifically as the gospel. Him, his power preached unto us, which is and have and is being to us, unto us and is us. So the gospel in Romans one says, it's the power of God unto salvation. It's preached to you and you have it and it is your being Unto us and is us. So in him we live and move and have our being. We have the plurality of his gospel, his blessing, of all that he is. And we are the poets, the expression of him. We live and set into motion and have our being in the gospel, in his word. See yourself as he sees you. Designed, set free moving, removed, and moving in life, living in zeal and abundant Zoe life, and having your being, the very specific power and plurality of hope and the gospel in you, unto you, and it is you. In James 1, 23 through 25, it goes on and it says, For if a man be the hearer of the word and not a doer, or the expression, the poet of the word, a poet speaks, expresses, and brings the image. It says, He is likened to a man beholding his natural carnal flesh. That word natural there is carnal flesh, or the origin, his wheel of life. If he is not the expression of the word, He's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. What does that mean? He is like a man beholding his natural, that is, his wheel of life. His face means his outward circumstances and his external condition. So if you are a hearer of the word and not that poet, that expression and image and just speaking the image and the word of God, the word here, he says, the hear of the word, and the ex- but you are to be the expression of his word. Then you're like a man who beholds that carnal wheel of life with all your outward exter- uh, circumstances with an external condition in a glass, a mirror, your own reflection of your own circumstances and your own origin of the law of sin and death. When you look through that glass, that reflection of your circumstances, your outward circumstances, your external condition from a fallen place. But I find it interesting here that I think that Christians can still look outside of the word of God. They can receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they could still only see a reflection of their circumstances and origin that God set them free from. And if you look at that outward circumstance or that external condition in a mirror reflecting your faults, your failures, your disappointments, your offenses, your hurts, your pain, your opinions, your reasonings, your worldview, your political view, your humanistic position, your secularism, your condition, you will forget what manner of man you are described to be in the word, who you are defined in Christ sealed by his blood in his resurrection. He says we're to be a hearer of the word and an expression of his image, an expression of the image he created us (coughs) in. Excuse me, that we are an expression of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are a new creation, but he's also made you unique and you are an expression of who he created you to be. And all of these natural wheels of life of circumstances and conditions are not to define who you are he has defined who you are in his word we're to be the reflection of jesus the light of the world a city set up on the hill he said i am the light god is light and you are the light of the world we are to be the light the reflection of god in all circumstances, in every external condition. It goes on in verse 24, it says, He beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. He doesn't see himself as the word says he is, as the Lord says he is, as he is conformed in the image of Christ. It goes on and it says, but verse 25, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... There's a law of liberty. There's a law of freedom from those circumstances and conditions. There's a law of freedom, a law of freedom from hurts and offenses and disappointments and pains and opinions and reasonings, worldviews, humanistic views, secularism, political views, conditions. There's a law of liberty. And he says, when you look into the perfect law of liberty, not through the mirror and reflection of the wheel of life of carnality, but you look into that law of liberty, and you are the poet, the expression of that law of liberty. When you look into the law of liberty, which is the word of God, sealed, signed, and delivered through Jesus Christ, and you continue there in it, he being not a forgetful hearer, don't forget, but doer. here you are again, a poet, an expression of his glory, of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. There it is, finalized in verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a poet, an expression of his glory, an expression of his work, an expression of his doing, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Whatever you put your hand to, you are an expression of Him. Do not turn away from the image of His Word, what Jesus Christ has bought, sealed, signed, and delivered to you through His blood and through the power of the resurrection. The same power that raised Him from the dead in Ephesians 2 says He quickens in your mortal body. He quickens in that carnal wheel of life to lift you up. According to Romans 8, there is therefore now no struggle and condemnation and judgment and striving and, and pressed down and loss of image for those who walk according to the spirit, not according to that carnal wheel of life. Hear his word and be a poet and expression of his word. Speak it, live it, embrace it, love him, connect to him, <laughs> connect to that vine, connect to him. You are who he says you are. You have what he says you have. You can do what he says you can do. You are creative. You are inspired. You are living. You are refreshed. You are embraced by his promise. You are embraced by his love, embraced by his blessing, and by his doing. See yourself as he sees you. See what he has done for, to, and through you. See yourself as he has designed you. See yourself as he has redeemed you. And just for starters, you are unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are set apart. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are his heir, a new creation in the image of the son. You are blessed. Begin to see what he says about you and be the poet, the expression of his glory, the expression of his word the expression of who he is and what he has done and who he's created you to be uniquely as a gift to this world, to be a blessing because he's blessed you. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that as people here, they receive the blessing of your creation, your being, your image, and the image of the invisible God, that they can be who. You have created them to be the poet, the expression of your glory. That they will see the invisible so they can do the impossible. And what seems invisible in them, they can live the impossible. Because with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And you made it possible. And I thank you, Father God, that we are redeemed through your blood, through the forgiveness of sins. And we are in the image of the invisible God. Because by all things you were created. By all things you created. By all things that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. And I thank you, Father God, that we are not just a hearer, but we are a poet. An expression, a performer of your word by faith. Fulfilling through you the expression of who you are and who you designed us to be. For we live and move and have our being in you because we are an offspring of your nature. And we give you praise and glory, and I pray faith rises in the hearts of each of us that we can be, just experience and possess the power of the Holy Spirit, of imagination and expression created uniquely by you in who we are and expressing your kingdom, your power, your will, your love, your word. In Jesus' name, amen.